Welcome to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast with Rob Peters. That's right, Rob Peters is back doing a podcast. But this time, it's about bringing in guests and sharing experiences and information to help you create a better DJ business for you, your clients, and your community. Now, here's a guy who likes to wear his sunglasses at night, Rob Peters. Today, we're going social, or we're going to talk a little bit social with Darcy Sullivan. Darcy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You are the owner of Propel Marketing and Design. Tell us a little bit about what that is and what you do. So we work with small businesses who, just like yourself and other people in your industry, are the ones that are basically promoting themselves because they don't necessarily have an in-house marketing department. So we like to educate them on ways that they can improve their SEO, search engine optimization, and their social media campaigns and their overall digital marketing campaigns. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. I know a lot of people on the program are going to be interested in what we're talking about today because when you say things in our industry like SEO, you get one of two things. You get people who think they really know it all and there are (laughs) some in our industry that do and there are some people and I'll be honest, I'm one of them, that I look at you like you got three heads going, what's SEO and I don't even know where to begin with all of this stuff. So it sounds to me like I should be taking notes while we chat. How can we improve our website rankings and our SEO and, and what are some tips you could you could provide to somebody who maybe does all their web stuff themselves? So first of all, when we say SEO, we're talking about search engine optimization. So we're talking about moving, ideally, moving your website up the rankings of Google and those other search engines. Um, and there are three elements to SEO that I like to kind of group together. One, you have on-page SEO, which is what you're doing on your website to improve your rankings. You have off-page SEO, which is actions that take place off of your website to improve your rankings. And then you have the sweet spot in between that cannot be overlooked. And this is completely identifying your target market, your target market and audience, connecting with them at the right place, with the right message at the right time, all of that. So when it comes to businesses, especially in, in your area, your, your expertise, um, what I see is that you've got great opportunity because a lot of people aren't necessarily taking the efforts that they should to improve their search engine rankings. And one of the biggest elements of SEO these days is content marketing. And you guys have content that you can easily provide, whether it's um, working, you know, segmenting, blogging about a past um, event that you had, grabbing some pictures from one of the photographers, throwing them up there, you know, promoting an event like that you've done that's in a location that you want to rank for. It also gives you the opportunity to not only mention your city if that's where the location was but if the location took place slightly outside of your city it gives you the opportunity to get some of those local seo location words worked in okay so it sounds to me like blogging is a good first step how do you come up with a a a plan to create this content 
let's just back up one more step. And we want to make sure that your website, that you're building a solid foundation, that you're building your house, you know, not on quicksand. So your website should be secure. It should have an SSL certificate installed on it. It should be mobile friendly and it should load quickly. Cause I know that sometimes when you get too much stuff on your website, it can slow it down. So those foundational elements and it needs to look good are you know the basis then from there then we can talk about really defining and coming up with a content marketing plan and the way that I like to think about the content marketing plan is you're taking people and you're either moving them through your sales funnel um, so you're providing them enough content to move them to the next level so if they're searching you know you decide what keywords and a keyword is a keyword phrase or a keyword it can be a word one word like DJ, or it can be as long as DJ for a specific area, or it can include a, you know, a venue that you're interested in ranking for, and you want to come up with content around these. So I say that, you know, if you've got past events that are in specific areas that you want to target, creating content around those is a great way to do that. You also have information that you know people are seeking. So whenever somebody comes to you, there's probably three or five top questions that they ask you. And if you can develop content around that, one, you can then point them to that content. And two, you already seem like you know your stuff. And it's going to be easier for you to rank for um, items that are included in that content. So I always say start with the first couple one to five questions people always ask you. That's the best place to start with your content development. What platform, I know WordPress was like the blogging platform when it first came out. Is that still the case? So what I see is that most people right now either have their website um, in WordPress, Wix, or Squarespace. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have said, oh, you know, WordPress is the way to go. But really, it comes down to what do you feel the most comfortable with? So we recently just put together a program that we launched called Ready, Set, Rank that helps businesses um, improve their website rankings. And in it, you know, after doing the research and we found that those are kind of the three top sites type platforms that people are using if they're not running an e-commerce site, that you can implement SEO strategies to each of them, you just would do it slightly differently. So the way that you would do your title or your meta tag or your descriptions are different depending on which platform you're using, but the overall actionable items of what you need to do to improve your rankings is the same. This is all beginning, to, you're beginning to make some sense to the village idiot, <laughs> so that's good, that's good news. It sounds to me like in our industry, it seems to me like we've got a lot of different opportunities to do that, whether it's about what you should be asking when you're hiring a DJ or you use your blogging platform, if you will, to tell a story about what you did for a customer to bring them success. It sounds to me like there's a lot of content out there. We just have to like peel the onion back. Exactly. And, you know, when it comes to building out content, people always ask the top common questions. How often should I blog? And how long does my blog have to be? What I find is it's very industry dependent and it depends on your area. So if, you know, within your city, if you're up against people that are producing quality content and they're pushing out like a blog or, you know, 
two to three blogs a month, then you got to kind of compete with that. And you can't just throw up 200 words and a bunch of images and think that Google's going to grab onto those. You've got to build it out and talk about it using your, you know, once you decide what keywords you want to rank for, um, using them specifically within your content. What about video blogging? Is that something that's up and coming? And do you have some tips about how we can make that work? Or is it better for us to actually sit down and actually go the old fashioned way of typing out the story? So I think it depends on what you feel most comfortable with. Um, I'm assuming that the events that you guys are at, that you've got photographers that are there that I know sometimes it's hard to chase down photographers for images, but you've got some decent images. Um, so I suggest including those. When it comes to video, you want to make sure that Yes, doing video is great and you can drop it in there. But what I like to suggest to people is if you are using video, you know, that you're putting it on YouTube, that you're optimizing the page on YouTube where you're putting, where you're placing the content, explaining it there, and then embed it on your website. And when you embed content like that on your website, what I like for clients and what I suggest that they do is also include text that describes it and writes it right out what the you know what the context is of the video because that's giving Google more to grab onto and helping your rankings now the nice thing about video is that when somebody comes to your website and they see a video and they push play they're gonna stay on there longer and we call that dwell time how long they dwell on your website so including video on your website is a great way to increase your dwell time um, but again you want to make sure that you know you've got it on YouTube and then you're embedding it in your website because you don't want to just load it up on your website and have your website crash because you loaded a video directly onto the site because that'll slow it down gotcha so we're on with Darcy Sullivan. We're talking SEO and blogging and all that fun stuff. The new big thing out that I've seen, Darcy, is the Facebook stories. Yes. Now, is that something that can tie in with all of this, perhaps? Or is it basically just limited to Facebook? Okay, so you know, you can always like you you can download Facebook Lives, you can embed things onto your site, but what you have to realize is that, you know, if it's sitting on Facebook, it's on Facebook. And if Facebook goes down, that can majorly affect you if that's the way people are getting a hold of you. So you <laughs> want to make sure that, you know, you own your email list, you own, you know, people are, you're driving traffic to your website, which should be your hub. And, you know, if you do a great, you know, 10 best questions to ask a DJ when you're considering hiring them or what, you know, whatever the top kind of questions are, you can jump on, um, Instagram and you can jump on Facebook and be like, Hey, I just put together this article, check it out boost that, you know, switch it to an ad, drive traffic to your website. That way is a good way to doing the mix. But you really want to make sure that you're driving traffic to your website because that should be your main hub. Okay. What would you recommend as being a good, if, for example, I did a video blog and mm -hmm. I put a description in there, what would be a good average for a word count to, for it to be effective? Is there a formula that works with that? Well, you know, you want to make sure that, if it's a five second video, you can't go on and on and on and on and on about it. But we're seeing that the longer blog posts really do better. And, you know, I, I like to see blog posts that are over a thousand words. And I know that that can be kind of overwhelming to somebody who 
doesn't write or is like, what? So, you know, do the best that you can do. It's better for you to get out something, even if it's 700 words, than nothing at all. And then another tip that I have is if you did content, let's just say that you have been blogging, not specifically about past events, but about, you know, actionable items or blogs that are still relatable, you can go in and update that blog post so that you're not creating content from scratch. If you found that something, we usually find like the 80-20 rule, right? Like 20% of your efforts really drive 80% of traffic to your website or those are the 20% the of your blog posts perform 80% of the best, whatever. Focus on really re Vamping those up and just building them out more. How can businesses get more positive online reviews? Okay, so I'm really glad you brought that up. So as I mentioned before, you have on-page SEO and off-page SEO. And one of the off-page SEO signaling factors to Google that says, hey, this is a really great company and it helps improve your rankings is those testimonials. So the way that I like to suggest to people that you do it is, one, if you haven't done any testimonials and you're just starting the process, take everybody, like you, let's just say you have 100 clients that are like the good ones, the ones that you know are gonna give you good reviews. Send them, break them up, so that like you're sending, let's say you divide them up so that you have X amount each month, so you're not sending an email out to all of them at once, but send out an email to small batches of them to say, hey, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, I'd love your feedback, and send them to where, you know, say I would like your honest feedback. You don't want to tell them to give you a five-star review or anything like that, and direct them to where you want them to leave the review. So, you know, it's usually kind of, I tell people to pick their top three, which should be Google My Business if you're a local business and you're trying to rank. And then the other two, you know, they can either be Yelp, they can be The Knot, they can be wherever people go to get the best, you know, gather the reviews that you know are going to drive more traffic to your website and be the ideal clients for you. The reason that we don't want to just like send, if you've never asked for a testimonial, we don't want to like send out to everybody in our database, is that can be a signal that you're, to Google that, you know, you're specifically doing this. You're telling every, if you get 25 uh, reviews one day that are all positive, it's going to be a little bit of a red flag. So if you can spread them out, you're going to get better results from that. And I tell people, if you ever get a negative review that you, you know, you, feedback, you give comment on it politely, and it, it, can, it can honestly turn into something okay. One, it depends on, you know, what the review's saying. Like, downright, some of them you're going to be like, well, that actually wasn't me, but thanks for, you know, you know, thanks for sharing your input, but we never DJed at that location at that time. So, you know, you go ahead and you, like, nip it in the bud. You reply to them depending on how it is, you know, it depends on what they're saying. 
are they saying that that they had a bad experience with you? If so, you know, you want to move it offline. If they're saying that there was some issue that you feel like you can resolve through a customer service conversation right there, you want to go ahead and make them at least feel like you're leaving it on a positive note. While we're on that topic, let's say it's, it's something legitimate. I'm covering a topic right now that a lot of people are going, what? We don't do anything wrong. Yeah. It does happen though. Let's say it's a legitimate, it's something you felt like you did the right thing. You look at it from a, sta- you know, a down the middle, I guess, non-biased standpoint for me. You can see where the customer is coming from. How do you turn that into a, a, a positive? You know, I, um, I love this story. There was a ski resort and they got a one-star review saying that their, their slope was too advanced and they actually turned it into an ad promoting their company because of it, because their slopes were too advanced. They're like, Greg from LA said that our slopes are too advanced and they turned it into a whole ad campaign. So there, there's definitely ways that you can spin it. If you have um, a specific example. I had one a couple of years ago and okay. I'll share the experience because I know how we handled it. It was from the mom of the bride. I would classify her as a momzilla. Okay. I worked real hard. I worked on this wedding personally to smooth it all over. And the day of the wedding, I did everything. I packed dance for the whole night. I -hmm. took a video testimonial from her daughter and her son-in-law saying how much fun their wedding was and thanking me. And you know what? It was a great experience and you were so much fun to work with. And the mom sent me an email a few weeks later because she was unhappy about the number of slow songs I played. And I know I played at least three or four of them, and I identified that. And she had written me privately first to talk about it, and then she actually posted publicly the same review. And it just said that you didn't play enough slow songs. You know, I I think that you can always say, you know, we, we meet with the let me be careful how I word this, but weddings are difficult, right? Because you want to please the bride and groom, but sometimes they're not the one with the pocketbook that's paying you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they're your main point of contact, you know, you want to maybe say like, we, we aim to sit down and come up with a playlist based on the bride and groom's suggestions. You know, you can kind of talk to it around it by saying that the way that your process about how you put together your playlist, you know, you don't want to bash her and be like, yes, we did, because that's not the way to handle it. But you can, you know, just talk about your process and just kind of like, let that be. I doubt she's going to come back and say, I don't have those. And if you had been emailing her personally, you know, you can always say, you know, had that been addressed, had it been noted ahead of time that there was a desire for 10 plus slow songs, we would have surely included them in our whatever, you know, I received a note from your daughter and her now husband, and they were absolutely blown away and thought that everything was amazing. And really, it's their day and we're trying to appease them. We handled it similar to that. One of the Good. things we did was we actually, and this can be a good learning lesson, we actually acknowledged that, she acknowledged in her, her correspondence, both online and when she sent us the email privately, that 
it was a packed dance floor the whole night. And we did explain to her, we said, we did play these four songs. We listed them. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, we do the, we read the crowd and, you know, I did actually come up and ask you if there was anything else that you needed during the wedding. And that, you know, had I known then, I would have been glad to have obliged. And then we put the link for the YouTube link from the testimonial for the daughter and son-in-law mm-hmm. to just kind of back up everything yeah. that we had done. And come to find out later, the photographer got a negative review. The venue got a negative review. The only people that got a good review was the dress shop where she got her dress from. And, you know, people, people know that. I think mm-hmm. that that's one of the things, though, is when people see reviews, if all you have are five stars, people are going, eh, robots must have come in on that one. Like, you know, they're, they're looking at it going, this doesn't necessarily look real. So to have the one or two bad reviews, it's one, again, the way that you handle it. And two, it, it gives it gives room for people to know about you. Like they know if we want in this example, if we want all slow songs, let's just make sure we tell them up front. Like you know, if we don't want a packed <laughs> packed um, packed dance floor, let's tell them to play the worst music ever. Like you know, people people read into them and they know that there are people out there that are going to be bashers and are going to hate and it's really just the way that you deal with it. Darcy, do you have some tips on how to take those reviews and be able to use them to our advantage when it comes to marketing? The bad ones, the good ones, the all good, of them, well, Obviously the good ones. <laughs> oh, obviously the good ones. Um, so the way that I suggest that you do that is obviously, you know, direct them to where you want them right? Because if you're directing them to Yelp and you know for a fact that you only get crappy leads from Yelp, don't waste your time pushing them to Yelp. Push them to the not. Push them to wherever you want them to go. Then use them as leverage by you can do, you know, there's so many design softwares out there that are like free, right? You've got Canva, you've got other things. You can use testimonials that you push out through social media. You should obviously include them on your website so that people can relate to them and see that you have rave reviews. But it's really just, you want to make sure, again, that that is one of the biggest off-page SEO factors is having these really great reviews out there online about your company. Awesome. So if people want to learn more about what you do and learn about the services you offer at Propel, how can they find you? You can find me or the company at propelyourcompany.com and our newest program, which is Ready, Set, Rank. You can find it readysetrank.com or more information on that at propelyourcompany.com. Awesome stuff. Darcy Sullivan, thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. You've been listening to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. Give us your ideas for future guests, questions, or topics, or just stay informed about upcoming episodes on our Facebook page, or visit www.mobiledjpodcast.biz. The Mobile DJ Business Podcast is a production of Rob Peters Entertainment, all rights reserved.